You want to be a better person. You want to be a better teacher, a better wife, a better husband, a better student. You want a better life. So know this. If you want a better life, you have to keep growing. And if you want growth, you can't be afraid of challenges or closed off to learning what can help improve your life. And if you want improvement, you can't just wish it into existence. Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast, the show designed to empower, educate, and encourage you to stay focused and committed to your mission. I'm your host, AC Cristales. Let's get ready to roll. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Mission Driven Podcast. If you've joined me before, thank you so much for coming back for another episode. If this is your first time, welcome. Look, I am so grateful that you've decided to check out this podcast. Trust me, I know that you could be listening to anything else in this world, but you're here with me and I appreciate that. I quickly want to jump into today's episode, which I have entitled The Power in Your Pain. Now, a majority of the time when we hear the word pain, we associate it with memories and experiences that have hurt us or with moments that have disappointed us or made us depressed and brought us sadness. We think of times when people have been unjust to us or perhaps a time when a boyfriend has lied to you or the woman that you were madly in love with has ran off with someone else. We think of times when even the strongest of men or the strongest of women, because I know I have some strong women listening, have been knocked down to their knees and have cried asking themselves why. Times when it's just been you, yourself, and the pain. And no matter how hard you try to suppress the pain, you simply can't. And trust me, I know you can lie and you can pretend around your friends. You can put on a smile around your family, but when it's just you and the painful memory, you and the disappointment, you and the heartbreak, and there's no one else around, that's when you realize that you can't lie to yourself. You know you're hurt because everything inside you feels the pain. Even if it's just been months or even if it's been years since you've been hurt, you know the wounds were real, the pain was strong, therefore the scars remain. Now, I don't know what you're thinking right now, but perhaps if this is your first time listening, you're thinking like, yo, I thought this was a motivational podcast. Or maybe if you're a return listener, you're saying, AC, can you go back and talk about Rocky again? And I understand pain is not an easy subject to talk about, but it's a real subject. And if anything, I don't want you to miss that there is power in pain. Yes, power. Power in the sense that pain has the ability to do something or simply put pain is power and power is a force. So therefore, this force can either strengthen you or it can weaken you. So the determining factor of how pain ultimately affects you, ultimately affects me, lies with how we handle pain. So make no mistake about it. There is power in pain. Now, I understand. I understand that people would rather suppress their pain because thinking back on something that has hurt you or thinking back about something that has been difficult for you has the capacity to make you feel many ways. In fact, psychological research shows that pain can make you feel many things, many feelings. And so one of them is number one, unworthy in the sense that you don't believe that you deserve any better. And if you don't believe that you deserve better, why should you expect something beautiful, something lovely out of life, out of a relationship, out of a job? I mean, you know, good things happen to other people, but when it comes to you, there's no way because you feel unworthy. And when you feel unworthy, you start saying things like, I'm not worthy of a better job. I'm not smart enough to go back to school. I'm not good enough for a man. I'm not good enough for a woman. I am unworthy. Number two, reflecting on the past can also make you feel unloved. Like, yeah, 
that feeling that no one loves me. I mean, look at what I did. Look at the horrible situation that I just went through and look at the pain it has caused others and look at the embarrassment that it has brought on my friends and look at the shame that it has caused my family. Why would anybody care for me? Why would anybody love me? I'm a loser. I'm alone. So why? Why would why should I feel like someone loves me? Look at me again. I'm, I'm by myself. I, I've done all these things that, that have hurt people. No one loves me. And number three, when painful memories creep back up, they can also make you feel like a failure. Dang, again? I said this relationship was going to work out this time. But again, it's over? And look at that girl. Okay, look at that girl on Snapchat. She's taking pictures with her boyfriend. They're vacationing somewhere else today. And here I am at home. No man, no love, no vacay for me. Or I told myself and I told others that this business that I started was going to succeed. But here I am three years later and bam, it's going under. So yeah, I feel like a failure. Because look at that guy. Look at that guy on Instagram. That guy's doing well. His business is, is exploding. And here I am. Again, no business. Or people were there when I got my degree. But it's been 10 months and I still don't have a job. I'm a failure. Or man, I got this real estate license and I was so excited when I got it. But I haven't sold one house. I'm a failure. Or I like this one, right? The whole, you know, time I'm getting old thing. I'm 29 years old. I'm still not married. I still don't have any kids. I'm a failure. Feeling unworthy, feeling unloved, and feeling like a failure are real feelings that many of us experience. And there's nothing wrong with you feeling like that, especially after you have gone through a situation that has crushed you and hurt you. But there is a danger in staying in those feelings, okay? And we've heard that, right? We've heard that. I'm in my feelings. But this is bigger than Drake and Kiki. Do you love me? This is bigger than that. Because I want you to understand that the feeling of unworthiness or the feeling like nobody loves you and feeling like a failure... Again, they're real, but those feelings are not final. In fact, no feeling is final. That's why we shouldn't make decisions based on feelings. That's why we should sometimes check our feelings before we say something. And again, I get feeling unloved. I understand feeling unworthy. And trust me, I know what it is to feel like a failure because I've experienced all those three feelings. I felt unloved. When I made a mistake and I did something that I regretted, and instead of having people help me out, people chose to tear me up with their words. They chose to act in ways that made me feel like dirt. So yeah, I have felt unloved. I have felt like, man, it's just me against the world. And if I could have, I would have left town because it would have been better. It would have been better just to leave town because why should I be here? Why should I stay in Dallas? No one's there for me here. No one cares about me here. And trust me, I know what that feels like because I have felt that. And it's a horrible feeling. I have felt unworthy. You know the times when I poured out my heart to someone. I've given them my time. I've given them my energy. And to have it not be reciprocated. Or appreciated. Or to have it be played with. That's made me feel like maybe something's wrong with me. And maybe I'm not worthy of good things. Like love. Intimacy. And I have felt like a failure. Oh yeah. It's not just the fact that other people have called me a failure. Or have thought of me as a failure. It's me seeing myself in that light. Like, look, I, I have this dream, right? I have this dream to be a speaker and a consistent full-time speaker. But here I am about to be, you know, six years, 2020. And yet I'm still struggling to get gigs on a consistent basis. I'm just being real with y'all. And I remember somebody telling me, hey, man, don't share that. You got to fake it till you make it. But I don't, I don't want to fake it till I make it. Okay. I, you know, I want you to understand that, that these are real feelings that I go through. All right. And so, yeah, I felt like a failure. 
Because look, you know, just when I think that things are getting better, bam, you know, here it is, dry season, nothing. And so that feeling of feeling like a failure is real to me and relationships as well. I mean, look at this relationship. Look, I'm in a relationship now, right? This is me before, right? Look, I'm in a relationship now. Here I am taking selfies and all. Bam, only for it to not work out. I felt like a failure. But just like failure is not fatal, okay, there's that quote that says failure is not fatal. Feelings are not final. Do you understand that these feelings that you're feeling, they're okay, they're fine, okay? And you've probably felt these feelings, and there are a lot more feelings that that come as a result of emotional and psychological pain. But eventually, those feelings fade. In fact, if you've ever felt unworthy or unloved before, or you felt like a failure, you understand that eventually those feelings fade. You stop feeling unworthy, you regain confidence in yourself, and you realize that there are people in your life who truly love you and are by your side. Because again, our feelings are not final. You'll have moments when you'll laugh, you'll have moments when you'll cry, you'll have moments of victory and moments of defeat. So if, if life seems like it's just a series of contradictions, because again, you know, I'm laughing today, but I'm crying tomorrow. I have victory today, but I'm losing tomorrow. It's, it's like a series of contradictions. Then if life is really like that, then what ensures that an individual comes out on top and doesn't get stuck in a rut of self-pity and pain? The answer is this. The way an individual chooses to see every situation in their life. See, here's the real danger. The real danger comes when you tell yourself that you're not going to be able to rise from a painful situation. There's a danger where you can't see that, yeah, you've experienced something traumatic, something hurtful, but on the other side, there's something beautiful. And I get it. How can I say there's something beautiful when someone you love passes away? How can I say that there's something beautiful when something you've given your everything to goes down into flames? Listen, I, I don't profess to know why certain things happen. All right. I don't. OK, I don't have some great elaborate response as to why certain things happen to people. Like, I don't know why a wife would lose her husband in a car accident or why a child would get a terminal illness and pass away. I don't know that. I don't have nor do I profess to have that knowledge, but I do know this. That even in a situation like that, that's disheartening and bad and not ideal, something good can always come out of it. Now, it may not be the next day. In fact, the good may not come 10 weeks from after that situation happened. It may take years, but something good can always come out of a painful experience. But we don't always choose to believe that perspective. We'd rather be better with that person that hurt us. We'd rather stay angry with God or whatever deity that you choose to worship because of the situation, this horrible situation. Or we might even be disappointed with life because life, life brought me all this pain. But what would happen if you looked at all the painful experiences you've gone through, all the hurt you've experienced, all the disappointment you've had? What would happen if you looked at those things and asked yourself, not why did this happen, but what now? And I get it. The moments were hurtful. The moments made you feel bad, made you feel like a failure, unworthy, and probably even made you feel ashamed because, man, look at this, look at what I went through. But what if you went through a situation 
that was bad? What if you witnessed domestic violence in your household? What if you went through a divorce, a breakup, and it was ugly and it was tough? What if you lost your job and it was stressful? What if you went through all that and overcame whatever painful situation you experienced and now you're thriving because you believed and received something great and wonderful after it? And now, because you overcame, you're able to share your story of survival, your story of perseverance, your story of not quitting, and as a result, your story encourages and blesses someone's life. What would happen if you viewed your pain as something that brought deeper meaning to your life? And what I mean by that is, what if your pain is part of your story and it's the part of your story that can encourage someone who may be going through something similar? It's the part of your story that can inspire someone who may feel like they have no hope. It's the part of your story that makes you stronger, makes you wiser. Yeah, the pain sucked and it hurt, but somehow that pain shaped and molded you into someone better. You know, I talk about my past a lot and it's painful. And some may think, man, you talk about it a little bit too much, but I don't talk about it because I'm a prisoner of it. I talk about it because I know that there's power in it. And this is what I mean by that. I witnessed my dad beating my mom when I was a kid. Okay, I witnessed him physically abusing my mom. And I'm not talking about a one time of it. I'm talking about numerous times. And if pressed, right, if I was pressed on, hey, tell me the details, I could give you those specific details exactly of how it went down. And I say all that to say this, okay? Research shows that the effects on children who witness domestic violence are the following. They are more likely to develop serious emotional, behavioral, and academic problems they are more likely to attempt suicide. They are more likely to use drugs, commit crimes, use violence, and become abusers in their own relationships. But guess what? None of that applies to me because one thing I know is this. I don't have to succumb to those statistics. I don't have to be just another number that aligns with what research shows because those numbers do not define me. See, I have people who fought for me. I have people who prayed for me. And more importantly, I made decisions and learned that I can be more than what I didn't have growing up. I can love even though I wasn't loved. I can be happy even though my childhood was tough. And I learned that my upbringing doesn't have to be my crutch. Yeah, my dad wasn't a part of my life. Yeah, I had to grow up quick. Yeah, there were moments when I questioned my existence and wondered whether anybody truly loved me because emotionally I was scarred, was scarred growing up. But even with all that, I made it. But more importantly, I don't question any of that because without that, I wouldn't be who I am today. I understand that all that I went through has made me who I am today. It's the reason why I'm so passionate. It's the reason why I want to help people because, man, I, I know what it is not to have that help or feel helpless. And it's the reason why I can love my daughter Isabella with so much love. Because I know what it is, man. I know what it is when I was eight years old and, and that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted for, was for my dad to just tell me, Mijo, I love you. It is because of my past that I am who I am today. Even when I started working in schools, you know, I was big about bringing kids candy. Snickers, Blow Pots, Kit Kats, all right? And here's the reason why I did that. Because growing up, I would have done anything to have my dad or mom bring me some candy. So I knew that when I was in a position to make a kid's day with candy or make him smile, make her smile with candy, I was going to do it. Even now, you know, when I was at an elementary school a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that I did right before I left, I, I, I bought like 30 bags of chips 
and just giving them away to the kids in the cafeteria. No strings attached. In fact, the teacher even asked me, why did you bring, why did, why did you bring those chips? Why did you give them to the kids? Did they do anything specific for them? And my response was like, nope. I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to be a blessing. But imagine if I had this type of attitude, like, yo, forget these kids. I didn't have love as a kid, so neither should they. I mean, that's crazy. And it's kind of funny even saying that, but it's crazy. But the reality is that there are people who think like that. There, there are people who are, are wounded and hurt so much by their past that, guess what? That affects their present and it affects their future because they're cold and they're, and they're hardened. And now they don't want to help anybody else because of what they went through. But for me, you know, knowing that I didn't have that growing up, that's more reason for me to love because I know what it is not to have love. And so maybe for you, you're the same way. The reason why you can encourage someone that's hurting today is because you know how it is to be hurt. The reason why you can comfort someone is because you know the feeling of having a broken heart. The reason why you can support someone is because you know how it is to be rejected. It's amazing what our pain can teach us and where it can lead us if we choose to see it in a different light. I have to share this because to me, it just shows how amazing life truly is. My brother's currently working on his hours to be a licensed professional counselor, and I truly believe he's going to kill it. I mean, he's already been like my professional counselor, uh, and he's been dope, by the way. He's been great. But he was telling me last year when he started working on his intern hours that the clinic placed him in a shelter where he would counsel women who were experiencing domestic violence. And what he told me was like, that's crazy, right? Like, I know when I have an idea what these women are feeling because I saw mom go through that. And here I am now helping them. It's amazing. And it is amazing because I truly believe that if we view pain and accept that, yeah, these things happen, they happen to us. We were raised this way or this person hurt me. But I believe that when we accept the power that can come from pain, that life will bring good to us in even places and situations where our past experiences of pain can be a blessing for someone in their present pain. And I believe that's what acceptance is. Not asking why, but asking what now and please understand this that acceptance doesn't mean that you like what happened to you i mean none of us like being hurt none of us like being mistreated living in poverty none of us like seeing abuse or being neglected you name it none of us like that but acceptance doesn't mean that you like what happened to you and it also doesn't mean this okay i want you to really hear this it doesn't mean that you deserve what happened to you either please listen to that there are painful things that have happened in your life that you did not deserve but acceptance doesn't mean that it was your fault. It just means that you're able to acknowledge it. You're able to say, yeah, it did happen and it sucked and it was horrible and it was awful, but now what? How can I use this pain? How can this experience be used to help me be better and help me help someone else? Accepting the pain or using the pain for good is not easy. In fact, it is easier to get stuck in the pain and stuck in the moments of what could have been or what I should have done differently or if I hadn't been with this person, then my life wouldn't be this way. Or if I would have moved, then it would have been better off for me. Or if my parents would have given me more opportunities, then I'd be better off. And I get it. It's easier to live in the abyss of what if. But at some point, in order to truly move on with your life, you have to be done with certain things. And you have to accept what is. And as you accept what is, that doesn't mean that, bam, your life gets easier. And it doesn't mean that you won't struggle. Because truth be told, your pain has left you with some scars. And truth be told, your pain probably even turned your life upside down. And the thought of what you've gone through has brought embarrassment and shame. Ashamed of your mistakes. Ashamed of where you're at in life or where you think you should be. Ashamed of the way you grew up. 
ashamed of your family because, again, maybe you're thinking, man, if I would have this, then I wouldn't be going through that. I know the feeling of being ashamed all too well. But then I learned that it was through my struggles that I found my strength. Because we can be made stronger through our struggles. And since we can do that, then know that we can also find a power that helps us move forward in our pain. So don't be ashamed of your pain. Don't be ashamed of your struggle. You are who you are today because of it. Some of you have the drive that you have today because of what you didn't have yesterday. Some of you, you know, you're out there making a difference in other people's lives because you know firsthand what it is for someone to inspire and make a difference in your life. You know what it is to be hopeless and without purpose and yet somebody came into your life and was inspiring and motivating you and so now you just want to do the same thing so you know what it is to to feel bad and feel like you know life doesn't have anything good for you and then bam somebody just inspires your life and now you want to do the same you are who you are today because of your struggle and there's beauty in your struggle even if it doesn't always seem that way i'm reminded of a story i heard about a little girl who would treat her mom bad because she was ashamed of her you see, her mom had a big scar on her face. And for many people, that scar probably made that woman look horrible. And that's probably the same feeling the little girl had. So the little girl would never bring her friends around because of the scar on her mom's face. And she would never invite her mom to school functions because of the way she looked. Her mom finally asked her one day, baby, why don't you ever bring your friends around? And why don't you ever invite me to school functions? The little girl replied, Mama, it's, it's that scar on your face. I can't introduce people to you with that on your face. Her mom told her, Honey, come here. Sit down. Let me tell you something I've never told you before, okay? Let me tell you about this scar on my face. One day, I went out to a well to get water for you when you were a little girl. And when I looked back from the well, I saw that our house was catching fire. So I ran back in and I dropped the water and I came and I grabbed you, my baby girl, out of the bed. The fire was strong, so right before it did any damage, I knew that I had to grab you and so I did, I got you. But on my way out of the house, one of the beans collapsed and hit me across the face. It knocked me to the ground and it burned my face, but luckily I was able to protect you and make sure you were safe from the fire. So I want you to know, baby, I want you to know that the next time you don't want your friends to see me, that the only reason I have this scar on my face is because I was saving your life. We have scars and some of our scars came from painful experiences. But some of us recognize that it was those painful experiences that saved our life. Some of us know that if we hadn't gone through those painful situations, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. And here's another thing I want to stress to you. Don't ever be embarrassed of what you didn't have growing up. Yeah, maybe people grew up with more and maybe people have had more opportunities and advantages. But stop comparing yourself to others and be appreciative of your struggle because your struggle made you stronger. A few weeks ago, I was discussing with my students how we are products of our society. We're influenced by the society in which we live in. Okay, And so when I say society, 
I'm not referring to what's out there because I know that there are several people who push against society and don't want to be influenced by mainstream society. But when I speak about society, I'm not talking about mainstream society. I'm referring to the people, the places and the things around you, because sociologically speaking, that's your society, the people, places and things around you. OK, so you're a product of your family. You're influenced by your family. You're influenced by the friends you have, the neighborhood you live in, the schools you attend, the jobs you have, the church you go to. All that plays a part into forming who you are today. And just to give you an example, like I gave them, I want to show you that there are certain things that we're able to do simply because of the society in which we live in. All right. So me, I live in Dallas, a big city here in the United States. And there are certain things that I do here that I wouldn't be able to do in another part of the world, just like if I was living in another part of the world. OK, so just imagine this. Imagine if I lived in a society where in order to eat, I had to hunt and kill my food. But I don't do that. In fact, if I was to get hungry right now, I'm not going to go to the backyard and kill a chicken and make some wings. Nah, you know what I'm going to do is get in my car, drive the Whataburger. What's up, Texas? Whataburger and order me something to eat. And I can do that because where I live affords me that opportunity. So society and its influence on what we believe, what we do. But one of the things that I also discussed with them was this concept called class consciousness. And the gist of this concept is that as an individual, you are aware of where you stand or where you rank in society. Okay. So let me say that again. Class consciousness is the awareness that an individual has of where he or she stands or ranks in society. So for many of my students, okay, and traditionally, this is the case for many community college students, where they rank in society is the following. They come from lower income homes because if they had the money, they wouldn't be attending a community college. They would have gone on to a four-year university. Many of our students are students of color, Latinos, African-Americans, Middle Eastern students, because community colleges pride themselves on open access, meaning they want to provide all people with the opportunity for an education. And many of my students are first generation college students, first in their families to go to college. And I give you that brief snapshot because for some, their background can become their roadblock. Okay, I know, I know that for some, they wanna earn a degree, but sometimes they find themselves with no assistance. Sometimes because of their family and their family's lack of education, they have to work 10 times harder to achieve what somebody with more income or more educated family achieves. So it's tough for my students. And when talking about class consciousness or talking about where I rank in society, my students aren't dumb. They know where they rank. They know that they're probably lower class. They know that they probably have the odds stacked against them. But that is where I have to come in and share with them my story. That is where I can take my past. That's where I can take my pain and show them my story and tell them, like, look, guys, I know that society can view me as just some Latino. I know that for some people, you know, having a Latino professor, man, that's that's crazy. That shouldn't happen because Latinos sh shouldn't be teaching the class. They should be cleaning the class. And yet here I am. I know my status. I know my I know my rank. I know that I grew up poor and therefore odds were stacked against me just like you. I know that I was raised by a single mom and my parents were both immigrants and the highest grade level they completed was the fifth grade. I know where I stand. I know where I rank in society. And frankly, Check this out. That doesn't have to determine whether or not I succeed. Maybe I'm not set up to succeed simply because of where I stand, because let's just let's just be real. Let's just be honest. You know that in society, you know that in 
America, there are certain groups that are favored and more advantaged than other groups. And so, yeah, I find myself in the group that's the subordinate group, the group that's marginalized, the group that is disadvantaged. But what if our determination to succeed is stronger than what the odds are? What if our determination to succeed doesn't care that many people who grew up poor like me ended up working dead end jobs? What if our determination is the driving force that takes us to where we want to go? And that's what I wanted my students to see that, look, in spite of where you rank, man, that doesn't have to hold you down. And that's what I want you to hear today. Yeah, you're a woman. So what? Go out there, become that leader, become that boss of a company and kill it. Slay it, baby. Yeah, you're divorced. Okay, now what? Go out there, reflect, assess what needs to change in your life because you can't change anyone else's life and make those changes and live the life that you want to live. Yeah, you grew up with little support. Okay, now what? Find yourself two or three people who truly have your back and go out there and crush your goals. We need to stop making excuses and allowing the pain of our past hinder us from the promises that are there for us today. Because there is a purpose. There is a mission for all of us. But we won't ever fulfill it if we're weakened by our pain. You know, in talking about Clyde's consciousness, I also show my students a short clip from McFarland USA to give them a glimpse of how someone's past, someone's pain can actually influence others. Now, if you've never seen McFarlane USA, I recommend you watch it. It is a great movie. But just for this audio clip scene that I'm going to play for you, I'm going to set up the story real quick. OK, so this film is based on a true story of a group of high school Latino students who were cross country runners. All right. And so you have to know that at that time, Latinos in cross country, that was rarely heard of. OK, but this this film is about how they made it to the state finals with a white coach. And I say white coach because the movie focuses on the relationship that the coach and his runners had. But at first, the coach couldn't relate with them because he couldn't connect to their struggle. And also at the beginning, the group of runners hesitated to even be a part of this group. And because they really couldn't believe in themselves because of their pain, because of their struggles. And that led them to believe that they couldn't accomplish much. Now, what was their pain? What was their struggle? Well, this group of runners were made up of Latino students who whose parents were migrant workers. And so the expectation for them to do much was low. In fact, you know, their mindset was, we're just going to go through the motion of school, graduate, and then afterwards, we're just going to continue to pick in the fields, just like our parents do. In fact, in the movie, these kids are already working in the fields. They wake up in the morning, go work the fields, go to school, and after school, they go work back to the fields. So yeah, they didn't see how much more they could be. Yet when they found a purpose, when they found the mission, they realized that there could be more. But not only that, their coach was also inspired by their struggle. He was also inspired by how these kids, you know, they they do what they do and they're living in these types of environments and they're going through these struggles and challenges. And yet they're still running. And this is what he shared with them. All right, everybody, gather around. Come on. I want you to look around. Best in the state, right? Every team that's here deserves to be, including you. But they haven't got what you got, all right? They don't get up at dawn like you and go to work in the fields, right? They don't go to school all day and then go back to those same fields. That's what you do. 
And then you come out with me and you run eight miles, 10 miles, and you take on, you take on even more pain. These kids don't do what you do. They can't even imagine it. When I went out in the field that day with you Diaz kids, I'll be honest with you, it was a, the worst day's work I ever had to do in my life. And I said to myself, whatever kind of crappy job I end up in, it'll never be as tough as that. You kids do it every day. And your parents hope they can do it every day. And they'll do it for a lifetime if it means a better life for you. You guys are superhuman. What you endure just to be here, to get a shot at this, the kind of privilege that someone like me takes for granted. There's nothing you can't do with that kind of strength, with that kind of heart. The kids have the biggest hearts I've ever seen. Now go run your race. Now there are a couple of nuggets that I want to leave you with that I got when I saw the scene that I believe truly connects to what we're talking about in this episode about finding power in our pain. Number one is this. Sometimes we go through life thinking that others are better than us. I mean, you heard the coach say, they're the best in the state, right? They're better. We're not. And I think sometimes we're the same way. We see somebody else's life and we're like, man, they got it better. We see somebody else's relationship and we're like, look at that relationship. It's better. But listen, you don't have to compare yourself to anyone else because you are unique and you're special in your own way. Number two. Now, I've said this throughout the episode, but I'm going to say it again. Your struggles bring forth your strength. Those late nights studying made you stronger. Those hours practicing while everybody else was just playing around and messing around. Those hours made you better. So again, your struggles bring forth your strength. Number three, life can be tough, but you can always be tougher. Number four, be thankful for all your loved ones have done. For you they have worked hard and they have sacrificed for you and they'll do it again because they love you all right they'll work as many jobs as they have to do because they care about you so i want you to really just take some time to thank your mom thank your dad thank your grandparents thank your uncle your aunt who took you in anybody and just let them know hey i'm appreciative of everything that you did because you did it for love you did it for love and number five you are superhuman the fact that you can endure what you've endured shows that the fact that you can go through something painful and come out still standing shows the type of heart that you have. And there's nothing that you can't accomplish with that type of strength. So I leave you with this. You have a race. And I'm not talking about a 26.2 mile race. I'm not talking about a cross country race. I'm talking about the race of life. You have a race that's specifically just for you. So go out there and run it. Find the power in your pain and keep running and keep inspiring. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Mission Driven Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Look, I would really love to know what inspired you from this episode. So do me this favor. All right. If there was anything that inspired you from this episode, go ahead and post it on your social media accounts, post it on Instagram, post it on Twitter, post it on Facebook and tag me as well. Okay. I'm at AC Cristales, but, and, but if you don't want to, you know, post it on social media, that's perfectly fine, but just message me. All right. You know, send me a message and just let me know, yo, AC, this is, man, this, I, I needed to hear this. Okay. 
because number one that that just keeps motivating me and just lets me know that something connected with you all right i want to make sure that the things that i share connect with your life all right also if there's something that you heard and you're like yo this person needs to hear this or i think that she needs to hear this go ahead and send it to them all right continue to just spread the message continue to just share the podcast with others share the podcast with your family with your friends i truly appreciate that all right, so if you're listening to me on Spotify, make sure you follow me. Hit that follow me button. If you're on iTunes, I need you to make sure that you subscribe. All right, so hit that subscribe button. And also, if you could please rate and review the podcast, I'd greatly appreciate that as well. Again, I'm so thankful that you're taking your time to listen to this podcast. It truly means a lot. I'm truly grateful. Until the next time, remember, the mission is now. So remain mission-driven. Faith. Hope, love.